From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. Welcome to Studio Nightmares, Volume 2. A lot of scary things can happen when you work in creative production, and in honor of Halloween, we've collected a few stories to share with you. You'll hear from Faye Garland of THG Studios. It would be things like, we'd turn all the power off at the end of the day, unplug everything, and flashes would still go off. You would assume that somebody was still in the studio, walk around, nobody was there. Christopher Kern of CBU. In the middle of the night, I get a phone call asking about where is all the data because all the files were corrupt and had each file was zero KB. Caitlin Andrews of Creative Force. In the doorway, and it was, I turned around as the only other person in the office and turned out to be a copywriter. Kathy Singh, independent hair and makeup artist. And then all the lights go out and I'm like, and I have my wagon and I push in the button and then it starts moving and it stops. And then I just sit there and I'm like, and this is how you die, Kathy. This is how it goes. This is how it's going to happen. And I'll share a story to round out the episode. So I'm sitting there and just to be safe, I decide that I'm going to keep all the lights on and turn the TV on. And that's how I'm going to sleep. Just because I don't really want to be scared. So sit back, turn the lights down low, and enjoy this episode, Studio Nightmares, Volume 2. So the old studio for THG Studios was built on an old uh, World War II aircraft hangar site and people were absolutely convinced that it was haunted. So it would be a regular occurrence where no one wanted to work overtime there. As soon as you know the lights go out, people got a bit nervy. So it would be things like we'd turn all the power off at the end of the day, unplug everything and flashes would still go off. You would assume that somebody was still in the studio, walk around, nobody was there things would move you know you'd put a rail somewhere and people were convinced the next time they came in that it had moved all sorts of noises music going off things like that no not the music (laughs) you know you have those light sensors so all the lights are off you walk into a room the the lights go on it was things like that oh i thought i was here on my own go check like yep yeah i'm here on my own what's that off the light sensors so people are absolutely convinced that the old site was haunted it's that sense, isn't it? So like you say, studios are normally sort of old warehouses. They're normally big, expansive spaces, aren't they? So you'd have that sense that you weren't there on your own and then you go, you know, shout bye to everyone and no one would say bye back. You know, I've, I've, not been, I've not been alone, I'm sure. <laughs> or even worse, someone would pop out and you'd think you were alone. Christopher Kern here, currently a program lead and associate professor of photography at California Baptist University in Riverside, California. Uh, thinking back to my days as a commercial advertising photographer and uh, very early on in my career, 2005, 2006, embarking on the, the new world of digital photography within the, the commercial production space of photography, 
So there were a few of us that were really spending the time building out, you know, these ecosystems to be as efficient and productive as possible to streamline the process. So even in 2007, we were, you know, shooting tethered to Mac Pro and we were backing up as the days went on, utilizing and integrating ChronoSync and backing up to internal and external hard drives. So we were very diligent in the process of maintaining our data. But in this one instance, we were actually in a controlled studio environment. It was our own space that we were managing, which we are very familiar with all the tools and equipment. And we're also very familiar with the photographer we were servicing and the producer and then also the client. So it was a pretty seamless production. We were working on uh, creating different styles within Capture One Pro, applying those styles to the capture. Everything was running seamlessly. The art director was making selections. We were outputting selections. We were emailing clients those selections processing JPEGs, you know, and sending those off. But the nightmare starts to occur when another digital tech later that evening was double checking our external hard drive. And in the middle of the night, I get a phone call asking about where is all the data because all the files were corrupt and had each file was zero KB. So the whole entire day shoot that we saw and we approved disappeared. That was it. So that was on the backup drives, but also on the hard drive itself, the whole. So the only record we had was the external drives that said it had uh, 5,000 files or whatever crazy number it was. And every file was zero KB and uh, with timestamp and metadata and it was gone. And, you know, so we panicked, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, I run back to the studio we're doing, uh, we're using every Disk Warrior, Super Duper, whatever software recovery <laughs> we're trying to do. You know, we're Googling everything. We're texting every digital tech we knew. The conclusion to all this was the whole job was gone. We had to email, yeah. we had to email the producer, and uh, luckily we had a good relationship. The photographer, he was freaking out. And, Somehow we reshot the job. I don't know the, you know, it was really embarrassing, but I'm not sure how it worked out. The reshoot was successful and the client still remained a client to that photographer somehow, I guess. But what our conclusion to this nightmare was that somewhere during the day, Mac OS Finder stalled and we had to do a force quit and we didn't restart the computer. So the Mac OS was only writing that job to the RAM. It never wrote to the hard drive ever for the whole day. But in this case, the big lesson is if Finder ever gives you an error, restart your whole computer. So I, long time ago, I think back in like 2017, did a project with a pretty famous high-end jewelry company where my team, I hired everybody. We were set to basically do this project to do 360 and 3D photography for this brand. It was really, really fancy on Fifth Avenue. 
New York City. I got to live in New York for a couple of months. But this story takes place right in the very beginning when I was kind of just setting up the project and getting all the photography equipment set up. And, you know, I was working late nights. It was like 14 hour days for the first couple of days, getting everything calibrated and ready for the photographers. And one of the nights that I was there, it was the Friday before Halloween, and I was working late and all the lights shut shut off in the whole place. I mean, it's really bougie. So it was like I was the last person there. I heard all of the little Louboutins clicking out of the office building. <laughs> and so then- wait, hold on. The lights <laughs> turned off like as in like a timer. Like this is the end of everybody's day. Yeah. So yeah. this is hours after everybody yeah, left. At, but, but the light, but, but the, we're not getting into the spooky stuff yet. The lights turned, this is a normal part of it. Or are we getting into this? But you heard the high heels clack away and then all of a sudden somebody <laughs> turns the lights off. Right. That's kind of the things so around like 637. That's when like the office shuts down, but you could still stay as long as you had a badge. Right. But it's still sure. like the Friday before Halloween. And you know, I, this is kind of my last day. I'm trying to get everything set up for like the week after. And yeah, so like lights go out, not unnormal for the office, but still, you know, there's just me and like one other person in the whole office. So, you know, around like 730, I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. It's, it's starting to get like weird. And so I felt someone behind me in the doorway and it was, I turned around as the only other person in the office and turned out to be a copywriter. And her name is Oju. She's like really sweet and like positive girl. She was like, Hey, what do you do? What was all this weird stuff in here? And we started talking and she's like, you got to come to the Halloween party. And I was like, is it? here like in the, where is, is this in the room with us right now <laughs> are you seeing the halloween party yeah. right now <laughs> right now <laughs> exactly it's super cute she was like no no no. it's you know we gotta go you know down a couple floors and then through a couple things so she you know she she invited me she pulled me over so we're riding an elevator and it's literally on the 13th floor and i was like oh, oh perfect. God, i'm gonna yeah. get killed no, nothing weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never noticed and, this elevator had a 13th floor before right it just like wasn't there before right but no yeah so it was weird it was on the 13th floor and you know we rode down together and we walked down this hallway and so just one of those weird i don't know if you guys have seen severance but you walk down a hallway and then you walk to the left and you feel like you're it was just like very far yeah, you're in a right. weird spot yeah, yeah. and so this girl that i had just met just like no 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 cute let's keep going so we get to this door and it literally looks like a janitor's closet. And I'm talking like we I, I've been in such bougie areas in this corporate headquarters. I'm like, this is not real. This is not happening. And so we get through this first door and it's this brand's like historical. It's like a museum, basically, of this brand's history. And like this brand is very famous for doing like windows. <laughs> so they they have these these window displays that, you know, span all the way back to when the brand was like, you know, just first coming out with, you know, becoming famous. So it's like an archive of like all of their famous windows over the years, over the past, like 200 years or however long. And, you know, we stopped kind of for a minute and it's like kind of decorated, but then the next part of it, you know, is like, every person at the company is at this Halloween party. And mind you, I've only been there for like a week and a half. So yeah. I, and I'm the new kid, like everybody knows kind of who I am, but I've not been introduced, but 
needless to say, it's extremely intimidating. Like everybody is in super fancy, beautiful like costume and like you can't really tell who anybody is and this girl and I are just contractors pretty well I'm not but like you know we're kind of contracted by the company and so she's super friendly and she's she's pulling me around like hey this is the president of like the creative direction of the whole company and this is the global VP of XYZ and I'm like oh my god like and here I am in like you know like my casual nothing wear just trying to you know pull myself together to be presentable to have words to say hi to everybody but yeah it was it was really wild because everybody was like weirdly friendly and you know oh I've heard about you and yeah you're doing that 363 oh we can't wait to you know work with you and photography team was there and it was just it was absolutely out of control i still couldn't believe that it was just behind like a random door but it's just like i had to like pinch myself like is this really happening (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm cheating a little bit with this story because i wasn't exactly working in the studio yet, but it was work-related. I was working as a marketing assistant for a company that was, it doesn't matter what they did, but I was like a marketing assistant and I got to dabble a little bit in some graphic design stuff, but I had actually gone to school for scenic design. And so they asked me to come on this, they were having like a retreat. All of these auto body shop owners were going to Estes Park, Colorado for this sort of like retreat that included like an awards kind of banquet or something like that. And they asked me to come along to assist the marketing manager who was producing this event. And they wanted me to like build a very basic set design for this like awards ceremony that they were going to do. So any of our listeners who knows Estes Park, Colorado might know where I'm going with this, but I stayed in the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. So the Stanley Hotel is famous for a few things. First and foremost, it was, I think, owned or created by the person who also created the Stanley Steamer, which is a steam-powered car, an automobile from the early days of the automobile. So that's number one. Number two, the lobby bar of the Stanley Hotel is featured in the hit comedy film Dumb and Dumber. You might remember the scene when Lloyd is expecting to meet a woman in the bar and she never shows up. That bar is in the Stanley Hotel, right? The third thing... The third thing that the Stanley Hotel is famous for is being the hotel that Stephen King was staying at when he was inspired to write The Shining. My marketing manager was a young woman named Liz. She was older than me, but in retrospect, I think she was probably like younger than I am now. But she thought it would be funny. We had basically, we were at this hotel for the first, like it was like middle of the week. So we had pretty much bought out the hotel. There wasn't really anybody else staying there. But we were, I think, I think the awards thing was maybe like on a Friday night. So like by getting closer to the weekend, I think more guests started showing up at the hotel. But for the most part, we were there alone. And most of our attendees of the event were staying on the second floor. My marketing manager thought it would be super funny to put me on the third floor by myself with nobody else up there in one of the rooms that is advertised as a haunted room at this hotel. No. (laughs) Yes. 
The story of this room is that there was some people honeymooning in this hotel room and the husband went crazy and murdered his wife. And people have reported seeing the husband and the wife, like apparitions of them. People have reported going into the closet and seeing like blood uh, dripping down the walls of the closet. And then I don't know if like in my mind, I remember thinking they embellished the story a little bit to say like that's where they found the wife was dead in the closet. So I go into the room and, I, you know, my relationship with this kind of stuff is like. I want to believe it's true because it's interesting and fun, but I'm not sure if I'm genuine in my belief about this kind of stuff. So I go into the room and I'm trying to be kind of like, I, I, I think I was, I think I was 19 or 20. So I'm trying to be like, cool, trying to be like, not exactly tough. That's not my vibe, but trying to be cool about it. I go into the room. I go to check out the closet because that's where the action is. This closet, Kathy, this closet was a small room, maybe about six foot square And didn't have any, like, bars or anything with coat hangers that you could hang your clothes on. The entire wall was just covered in very sinister-looking wrought iron hooks that were, like, towel hooks. But, like, that you you could also, like, take, like, a side of beef and, like, chunk it on this hook and just hang it up. And, like, it was pretty sinister. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, My stuff is going to stay out of this closet. I will not be putting any of my clothes away out of my bag. We will not unpack Um, this. And yeah, and so like I'm like checking out the room. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. Like this will be funny, but probably nothing will happen. But I don't know. In the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe something. So I'm going about my business. I've got full days doing this event and I'm running errands and I'm, I'm going into town and doing all this stuff. And at one point in one of the days I had to go back up to my room to get something that I needed for whatever I was working on. And I noticed in the hallway, right outside the door to my room, in the plaster wall was like a gouge in the wall. And it was pretty deep. Like what struck me at the time was like somebody had maybe taken a cleaning cart or a room service cart or something and like rammed the wall on accident or like kind of like lost control of it. And there was like plaster on the ground and stuff. I went in the room, I I think I was grabbing my laptop and I got distracted by like an email. And so I'm like answering the email and I was in my room for, ended up being in there for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes. When I came out of the room, the gash was gone. <gasps> Didn't exist. Gone. No plaster on the ground, no evidence that this had ever happened, no fresh paint on the wall. There's no way that somebody just came and like fixed it, right? There's no possible way. Uh, and so I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> But I've got things to do. Moving on. So I go about my day, come back to my room that night. And this gash, this gash in the wall is like on my mind, right? I'm like, that was strange. Now my day is slowed down. It's time to start going. It's time to get ready for bed. The next day, I think, was like the day with like the awards banquet and the stuff going on that I needed. Like I wanted to get some rest. But this gash thing, I'm like, that was weird. What was that? Was it ghost things? I don't know. So I'm sitting there, and just to be safe, I decide that I'm going to keep all the lights on and turn the TV on. And that's how I'm going to (laughs) sleep, just because I don't really want to be scared. (laughs) And so I'm sitting sitting up in bed, and I'm on my computer, and TV is on. And as an aside for the story, Friends was on, and it was actually the series finale of Friends. And I didn't know that it was the series finale of Friends, because I didn't watch the show. But the next day, I spoiled the series finale for a Friends fanatic that I worked with, because I thought I was watching a rerun. Oh! (laughs) That's that's an aside. Oh! I'm sitting in bed. Friends is on. I'm on the laptop. And I get this sensation that somebody has leaned right next to my ear and said something to me. And I can't, 
I can't tell you what they said because I, I didn't like I didn't actually hear it. It was just the sensation of someone being very close to me and whispering something. And I was just like, I kind of like froze and I got this chill like down my spine. And I just was like, I'm very tired and I have a big day tomorrow and I don't want to do this. So can we not? And then that was it. <laughs> that was the end of it. I fall asleep. <laughs> I, I go to sleep. Can we not? I wake up the next day. Yeah, I did the thing where I was like super worried about oversleeping. So I set 30 alarms and I was like waiting to have a wake up call and I still woke up before all of them. I go and it's like, I don't know, I didn't have to be out of the room super early in the morning. I didn't have to be up super early, but I wanted to get plenty of like rest. So I don't know what time it was, but it was like things were going on in the hotel at this time. It wasn't like 6 a.m. or anything. It was probably like 8 or 9 a.m. I get out of the shower. I'm in the room getting dressed and I'm alone, obviously, in this room. And I was in some state of undress. And I in my in my memory, I think I was like maybe pulling my pants on coming up as I'm doing that the door to the room that I'm staying in bursts open stop it in the hallway is a tour group <laughs> unrelated unrelated to the guests at the hotel that are there for for the event that I'm working these are just people who've gotten into town and are doing a tour and the person's like oh yeah let me show you these haunted rooms that we have here and somebody failed to tell the person that I was staying in this room oh my lord and so I like pull my like stand up straight pull my pants up to my chest basically I'm like <laughs> like up oh. <laughs> what is going on and then the person's like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I didn't know what you were saying they like lean in they come to the door they're like fumbling the door they're trying to close it and everybody's just looking in the hallway like super embarrassed but yeah I spent the night in a haunted hotel room and some kind of weird shit happened and then a tour group busted in on me <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good story that sounds terrifying no that sounds way creepy to me the whisper would have got me. That would have, I would have been mm. like, and this is when I leave my bags. All right. So you have a story. Mine isn't haunted though. Mine's just like a, a onset scary story. But um, so I would finish in an e-com day. It was a campaign day. So we were in studio and we were in this big studio in downtown LA. And for those of you who aren't in LA, a lot of the downtown studios are in very old buildings mm. and big warehouses, very, 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 very rundown, stairs, yeah. etc. right? So getting up there is a thing. Usually the elevator, a lot of times we take this freight elevator to this one client because it empties us out into the alley with all the clothes, blah, blah, blah. So we're all done. Everyone's gone. I'm the last one leaving because I have the most stuff besides wardrobe. So mm. I have my wagon and everybody goes out the front door, like everybody. And then the guy who's going to let me out is down. He's going to be in the garage somewhere. And I'm like, okay, mm. great. So they're like, why don't you go in the elevator? Push this button. We'll see you there. And I was like, sounds great. I get in. I push the button. Nothing happens. Oh, but no. the doors have closed. All the, like, I pulled the wooden thing down, like the rickety. I close the other door. I lock it like this death lock feels like. And, I'm yeah. like, and then all the lights go out. And I'm like, and I have my wagon. And I push in the button. And then it starts moving. And it stops. And then I just sit there. And I'm like. And this is how you die, Kathy. This is how it goes. This is how it's going to happen. Oh <laughs> You're going to get left in this warehouse all night. I couldn't hear any. So I started yelling. And I was like, hello. And I started screaming to the top, thinking they were going to hear me. But I was not at their level anymore. I wasn't at their floor. Right. I was like in yeah. limbo, like in elevator yeah. purgatory in the middle of somewhere. And no yeah. one could hear me. So then I'm just yelling and yelling, uh, no phone service. So then, no. Super cool. 
And so then I'm just sitting there with my light on, like, okay, all right. Mm. What do you have in your kit? You can do this. Like, let's get all MacGyver crazy. <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, now I'm I'm covered in sweat. I'm a little bit panicked. I'm. It's getting dark. So now that yeah. I'm getting creepy. It's also old and dirty, and it smells really weird, and there's a bunch of, like, wood and stuff. And so then somehow I start yelling, and I hear this little tiny, tiny voice. And mm. it's like, Kathy? Is that you? And I was like, oh my God, it's an angel. (laughs) (laughs) And I just started yelling at whoever it is. And it ends up being one of the girls forgot something, came back, thank God, heard me yelling, and then went and got the guy. And he had to manually bring me down. But um, I was totally stuck. So thank God for her for getting something. And just to also say, and I want to ask this question. Yeah. Many of these elevators in old buildings are also extraordinarily small. Oh. Like, there are some elevators that I've been in in L.A. that are, like, illegally small. Yeah. Like, I'm not a particularly claustrophobic person and have had a hard time. So is this, like, one of the small elevators? Good. If it was, I think I probably would have. I'm not claustrophobic either. I probably would have been very. It was, like, one of those long freight ones. Oh, good. You know, like, you walk in and do the two doors and, like, you wheel in the warehouse stuff. So it was long and skinny and tall. Okay, like that's, that helps high. a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. I was just, and it was just me, but to see like black walls and to see nothing, like a void when you looked in the walls, I, I will not. Yeah. So I have learned I will go with a buddy. It's a buddy system situation. <laughs> I've never uh, yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, for sure. Because like, you could, thank God somebody came back for something. Yeah. Oh God, I, I don't even know. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. Jumped up and down Crazy. a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I I have to establish a pee corner at some point. That's for sure. Yeah, I would have been like finding snacks in my kit and like 20 face masks by then. That's it for this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. Many thanks to our guests for sharing their studio nightmare story And for you, the listener, be on the lookout. If you've got a good uh, story that's maybe a little bit spooky, a little bit funny, kind of embarrassing, kind of a nightmare, we'll be looking for more stories for Studio Nightmares Volume 3 next year. So think about your stories. You've got some time. You've got a little bit of a deadline here, but you've got time. Think about your story and submit them to us for our next volume of Studio Nightmares. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lands. Special thanks to Sean O'Meara. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends. Hi, Ian. Hi, Ian.